Section 34 of A Short History of France by Mary Duclos. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Pamela Nagami. Part 4, Chapter 2, The Coming of Bonaparte, Part 3. Just as Napoleon had made war on Austria in Italy, he determined to engage England in Egypt prior to invading India. It is true that Egypt at that date belonged not to perfidious Albion but to Turkey, with whom France was no longer at war, but that was a detail. If the campaign in Italy had been the romance of the revolution, the invasion of Egypt was its mystery, its aureole its great adventure bonaparte set out for alexandria attended not only by a brilliant cohort of generals and thirty-eight thousand seasoned troops but by the first mathematicians geologists chemists and antiquaries of france one of them champollion discovered the key to the hieroglyphics of that elder world for the first time since the roman empire writes napoleon a civilized nation cultivating the arts and sciences was about to visit, measure, and explore the superb ruins which for centuries have dazzled the curiosity of science. And he enumerates his aeronauts, his poets, his astronomers and architects, capables de créer les arts de la France au milieu des déserts de l'Arabie. But when the soldiers of Bonaparte found themselves lost in those sterile wastes of sands with unfriendly arabs si laid si feroce and their women plus sale encore for sole inhabitants loud were their lamentations for the lovely plains of lombardy the army was struck by a vague melancholy which nothing could overcome because at every trace of antiquity the battalions halted while the men of science measured copied dug compared notes the disgusted soldiers supposed that for this alone had they been called away from a fairer conquest and in their chagrin they dubbed the asses of the transport men of science but the day came when about five leagues from cairo they saw three vast rocks rise on the flat horizon of the desert and were told they had been raised by human hands though these were by far the most imposing monuments of the ancients that the troops had yet encountered the architects and statuaries kept in the rear and left the direction of affairs to the military officers the soldiers were told to prepare for battle and their next move was the victory of the pyramids and now what wonderful names blaze like comets in the bulletins of bonaparte alexandria jaffa nazareth but while the soldiers on land went on from strength to strength the english at aboukir destroyed all the transport ships of the french so that the victorious army was a prisoner in egypt the siege of saint jean d'acre was long and terrible but even this repulse could be disguised as a triumph the difficulties overcome the dangers endured the glory gathered the rapidity of conquests which adorned the annals of france with the most splendid names of antiquity all combined to increase the already dazzling reputation of a general barely thirty while in france on all the frontiers the government blundered into ruin through defeat the public said to its soul patience when bonaparte comes home 
sydney smith the english admiral cruising off the coasts of egypt was a man endowed with the wisdom of the serpent he arranged that a budget of newspapers full of all the disasters and defeats of the directory should run the blockade and pass into the hands of general bonaparte in fact with a perfidious courtesy he gave them to a french officer come on board to parley concerning an exchange of prisoners bonaparte had been for three months deprived of news from home when he saw the state of affairs in france he determined to return at all risks rapidly and secretly he prepared his flight a missive delivered only after his departure entrusted the army to general Kleber. there were two venetian frigates in the port of alexandria bonaparte with several of his generals and two of the inseparable mathematicians went on board and after an adventurous voyage of six weeks escaped the enemy scouring the seas in quest of all french vessels and landed off the coast of provence near Fréjus on the seventeenth vendemer of the year eight two days later the directory at paris received the news it spread like wildfire one name was on every lip bonaparte 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 had returned from egypt to seize the reins of power he meant to suppress the garrulous imbeciles of the directory but the country was still republican he could not declare himself king he was too young to be a director had he aspired to a fraction of authority and in seventeen ninety nine the form the superstition of a plurality of rulers appeared the very sign and symbol of a democratic government bonaparte did not profit immediately by the wild enthusiasm that greeted his return he lay low frequented the sessions of the institute affected the character of the archaeologist the pensive and travelling antiquary meanwhile he studied the public the great majority of frenchmen were weary of the revolution's perpetual misrule and yet as i have said remained attached to its benefits there was little desire for the king to come to his own again the situation of the poor especially in country places was on the whole immensely improved we have it on the testimony of the duke of la rochefoucauld liancourt among others a witness the more disinterested that he was a man whom the revolution had ruined in his letters to his friend arthur young he notes the social changes brought about by the new state of things large estates have given place to very small ones which yield at least one-fourth more harvest and produce than the old agriculture is everywhere more intelligent the homes of the peasants are improved more spacious and cleaner the labourers themselves are less ignorant than their fathers ils sont plus que en état de réfléchir de combiner un peu moins éloigné de toute innovation the sale of the church lands and of the estates confiscated from the émigrés had enriched a world of thrifty peasants who dreaded any change in the government lest they should be ordered to disgorge the love of property and not the love of liberty riveted them to the revolution it seems a paradox to say that the french are no great lovers of liberty but they are enthusiasts for equality justice and not freedom is really their national idol the whole country would have risen in revolt rather than permit the re-establishment of the three orders 
and the privileges of aristocracy they were ready to obey a master should he be just should he maintain equality among his subordinates and confirm their possession of the fields and farms they had bought so cheap with their assignats bonaparte saw his way clear the most absolute of mortals prepared to consolidate a great democracy he knew that he had a party in the state the army at least the younger generals the senate all that stood for authority and discipline all that dreaded a threatening revival of the reign of terror and in fact only the terror or a caesar could have saved france at that juncture but the chamber the Saint-Saëns was against a dictator was for the greater part violently jacobin appearances must be preserved it was not as yet a question of mounting a horse leading a charge and issuing a pronunciamento at last the plan was evolved the senate suddenly informed the nation of a vast conspiracy against the republic the two chambers were transferred to saint cloud a few miles outside paris to deliberate in peaceful seclusion and bonaparte was named general-in-chief protecting the menaced legislators in the suburbs with a girdle of regiments and cannon three of the five directors resigned more or less spontaneously the Saint-Saëns and the ancients were requested to decide on a reform of the government the day was fixed the ninth of november seventeen ninety nine but history knows the date as the dix-huit brumaire it was fine all paris at least all political paris set out for saint cloud one might have supposed that in the course of the last ten years the parisians had been surfeited with changes in the constitution but in that case too it seems that appetite grows by what it feeds on the palace and the gardens were crammed on the first floor the senate was assembled on a raised ground floor in the orangerie the five hundred held council draped in their red robes of office every one guessed that something momentous was about to happen no one not even bonaparte knew exactly what was in the air the general's brother lucien bonaparte was president of the Saint-Saëns. but as time dragged on and nothing happened napoleon always of a nervous temperament chafed at the suspense and felt he must act himself suddenly he entered the orangerie he was greeted by a storm of abuse red sleeves flapped and struck him half stifled him for he was small one giant of a deputy nearly knocked him down and violent voices shrieked down with the tyrant down with the dictator for one long moment he must have thought that all was lost the grenadiers rushed in to save their general and carried him off while still in angry tumult the jacobins shouted outlaw him outlaw him or la loi but the day was not yet done soldiers can i count on you cried bonaparte despite their cries of affirmation neither master nor men knew at this juncture what to do next there was a long moment of hesitation and then lucien bonaparte appeared he was as i have said the president of the five hundred and seemed to incarnate the assembly by this time general bonaparte was on horseback in a twinkling his brother was mounted and riding at his side soldiers said lucien the president of the council of the five hundred assures you that the great majority of the council is tyrannized 
and terrorized by a handful of dangerous assassins will you deliver the representatives of france those brigands in the orangerie are not the deputies of the nation but the deputies of the dagger on this occasion it must be owned that the younger of the corsican brothers was the more eloquent he gave the army what it wanted an excuse for its intervention the drums beat a column was formed in a tumult of cries as if by magic the daredevil murat appeared and marched them up the shallow stairs leading to the orangerie down with the jacobins down with ninety-three the spirit of thermidor was in the air in the orangerie the beat of the drums had struck a sudden terror the door opened murat entered in a crowd of soldiers with fixed bayonets this apparition had a very different effect from that of the solitary bonaparte in one instant the windows were open they were but a few feet above the soft earth of the flower beds underneath and the red togas were lost to view in the gloom of a november twilight tags and tatters of them were found on the morrow clinging to the thickets of the forest of st cloud and even in the woods of meudon the people of paris only laughed and said the deputies have added another to the famous cascades of st cloud and on the very morrow a new government was formed and the long reign of the jacobins was brought to an end there were no longer five directors but three consuls the first consul during the ten years of his office was to rule the state he named the ministers controlled the administration and called the policy and the first consul of course was bonaparte his colleagues were neither rivals of his power nor critics of his policy but they were very useful underlings men of capacity and experience well chosen for he chose them himself to support and enlighten a man of genius in a strange position they were napoleon's books of reference indispensable humble auxiliaries bonaparte was now the master of france too proud to owe his elevation to a november night's dream he determined to make broad the basis of his power he referred his new constitution to the nation the people were asked to vote an approbation or repudiation of the new regime three millions answered yes there were only fifteen hundred nays we hear of no revolt against the violent establishment of the new government the republic had entered into being with the thunderclap of a coup d'etat and it was an axiom of the revolution that only by such means could the state in its distress be saved the right of insurrection the direct appeal to popular force was in the eyes of bonaparte's contemporaries the supreme safeguard against tyranny or mismanagement or corruption in such circumstances the nation not only excused but required a coup d'etat or as they said a journée a day's work and soon in the opinion of the majority brumaire was classed as a good day's work no one regretted the effete and miserable government of the directory the state now was in a firm hand napoleon begins to bud in bonaparte End of section thirty four